What's up, you guys? Good morning. Welcome to Woods Edge. My name is Justin Ulmer. I am your lead student pastor, and I want to take this opportunity. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our largest, most impactful, just most celebrated event of the year in student ministry for all our 7th through 12th graders is coming up. Martin Luther King weekend. That's in just a few weeks in January. If you have a student, if you are a student, if you know a student in 7th to 12th grade, this is not an event they're going to want to miss. I don't care if they go to church or not. This is a life-changing, transformative experience. I want every single student to come that can. If money is an issue, we will pay for it. There's a kiosk right outside at the end of this service. If you want to sign someone up or if you want to get signed up, please go visit it and sign up for Freedom Weekend. We have high expectations of how God is going to show up and do something beyond our wildest imaginations. So, student ministry plug over. All right. You guys, um, I have two goals for today's sermon. The first is to introduce you to a student sermon series that we have been kind of hopscotching around over the last couple years called The Gospel According to 21 Pilots. And the second reason that I'm here is that I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us to change the way that we think about who Jesus is and who he created us to be. Um, we are going to pray and we are going to dive right into what God has for us today. Would you bow your heads with me one more time? Jesus, we invite you to come in and own this moment. I thank you so much that on this last Sunday of the year, we have sacrificed this hour to come, not to see each other, although we love that, not to um, sing along to wonderful songs, although that's part of it, Lord. We want to worship you we want to know that you love us, and so we open our minds and our imaginations and ask, come and speak words of life and truth. There are so many of us in this room believing lies about who we are, about what our best can be. Would you eradicate those lies, and would you just open our eyes to how wonderful and good you are? Would you help us see ourselves the way that you see us? Do that, and the city will be transformed for the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. All right, you guys, if you've never heard of this band that we're going to touch on today called the 21 Pilots, here's like your base level need to know about them. Um, they're called the 21 Pilots. It's this little two-member band out of Ohio. One guy sings and plays the piano, and another guy plays the drums, and that is about it. They've been playing together for about 10 years. Um, their last album Every single song on the album went gold that has never been achieved in the history of music. So that's pretty noteworthy. Um, likewise, they have other videos on YouTube like a lot of bands do these days. One video of theirs alone, 1.6 billion views and climbing as we speak. So it's an understatement to say that these guys have a lot of influence. So why build a sermon series why use this band to point people to Jesus, to challenge the way that we think about God? Um, well, if you were to ask them, as they are quick to answer when asked, they are devout believers in Jesus Christ, even though they don't present themselves as a Christian band. And their lyrics, if you listen, are saturated in Scripture. Their songs rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's define that word. What does it mean? What is the gospel? Well, my favorite way to answer that question comes from Romans chapter 4, verse 17. This is the first thing Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness and he began his public ministry. Note the first word that he speaks, repent. Repent, for, uh, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
Jesus says that the gospel is that we can change the way that we think about who God is and who he created us to be because the biblical definition of the word repent is to change the way you think. That's what God is inviting us to do all day, every day, on every page of this book. So, the mission statement, it's noteworthy to note, I'll go with that, is of the 21 pilots is to make people think. So, one could say the mission statement of Jesus is to change the way people think, and here's this band, these two guys, and their mission statement, their reason for being is to make people think. That is not just a coincidence. So, why do we need to change the way that we about who Jesus is. Well, because for the, the past 70 years and more, pop culture has been presenting our Savior, the Savior of the world, as distant, delicate, as defeated, and dead. So it's fitting that God is using arguably the most po uh, popular band in pop culture to redeem the way that we view His Son. Now, Today we're going to listen to a song called My Blood, and I want to define that word blood to give us an understanding of where we're going and how to listen to this song. The scientific definition of blood is a reddish fluid that circulates in the principal vascular system, supplying tissues with nutrients and oxygen. Do we think that's what the song is about? No, we do not. You're very smart. The other definition of my blood, of blood, is a familial definition. It is a relationship from being of the same family, race, kind, or kinship. It is a term of familial endearment, as in, this is my brother, my blood. So, knowing that that's the definition we're going to work with, I have four challenges to the way that we think about who God is and who he created us to be today, and the first one is this. Do we, do you see Jesus as distant or as your blood, as your big brother, as someone you can approach at any time? And does the Bible support this idea that Jesus is our blood or our brother? Well, Hebrews 2.11 says, Jesus and those that he saves have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call God's children his brothers and sisters. Now, as we have challenged our students for the last couple years to change the way that they think about who God is, about who they were created to be, they have not only changed the way that they've thought about God and themselves, we've witnessed them change the way that they pray. And it's just wonderful. It's phenomenal. It's encouraging. We talked about our worst fears in a student service a few weeks back. And we invite our students, as we're going to invite you shortly, to write down prayer requests at the end of every service. Here are some snippets, some snapshots, some glimpses into your teenagers' lives and hearts and prayers as they responded to their worst fears and gave them to the Lord. Jesus, I am afraid of being alone. Help me feel loved. Jesus, I am having horrible nightmares. Please make them stop. Jesus, I feel like I'm not good enough. Jesus, I have lustful desires. Please heal me. Please make me clean. Jesus, I hate my sin. Please help me be free. Jesus, I am cracking under the pressure to be perfect. And it is so hard to do life alone. Please help me. 
Jesus, help me not to hurt or hate others. Jesus, help me reach my unsaved friends. Jesus, help me forgive my family. Help my parents get a job. Help me stop lying. Help me with my anime addiction. Help me with my social media addiction. Help me with my porn addiction, my drug addiction. Jesus, please help me forgive myself. Oh my God, Jesus, my past. I am broken, broken, broken. Please fix me. Jesus, I want to kill myself. Please rescue me. I want to have us take a cue from our students on this last Sunday of the year as we are looking at 2019. And I want us to reach under our seats and grab the little brown prayer card that is in or around your seat right now. Just look around, grab one. First come, first serve. And I want us to just between you and the Lord, ask right now, Lord, what is my greatest fear coming out of 2018, going in to 2019? Would you be vulnerable and authentic the way that our teens have been and just ask the Lord, would you bring to mind what is my greatest fear? What is my biggest hurdle? What am I most scared of going into this year? And as it comes, and maybe there's more than one for you, just write it down, just own it, just sit in that moment, that circumstance, and that feeling for just a second. All you should need is a few seconds. I'll give you 10. I gave you 11. If you're still writing, please continue. If a fear comes later in the service, again, write it down. But just know this, you and I, and I did in my mind, just acknowledge our worst fear the thing that we dread, the thing that we are afraid of the most. As we listen to this song, My Blood, I want you to imagine that the person singing this song is your caring, tender-hearted, strong, completely non-judgmental older brother, Jesus Christ. And the person that he is singing to is you. Pay attention to these lyrics and let this message just wash over your fear. Check this out. When everyone you thought you knew deserts your fight, I'll go with you. You're facing down a dark hall. I'll grab my light and go with you. I'll 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 go with you, I'll go with you Surrounded and up against the wall I'll shred them all and go with you When choices end, you must defend I'll grab my back and go with you I'll go with you, I'll go with you 
you don't think that that's a message that you and our teenagers need to hear on a daily basis when we are surrounded by this news machine, this meteor storm that the enemy is using to tell you, to tell me, to tell our students that we don't matter, that we are replaceable, that we are unlovable, while Jesus all day every day is shouting from heaven, singing down over us that we are in fact Um, irreplaceable, that we absolutely matter, that we are loved beyond compare. If you don't know that right now, if you don't believe that, it is true. In Jesus' name, I pray, please get that. You guys, as we begin to think about that, to let that thought guide our lives, as we begin to think differently, something wonderful happens. It's biblical, it's scientific. As we begin to think differently, we begin to act differently. As we begin to act differently, we begin to feel differently. And then that leads to us believing differently. And before you know it, we are completely transformed. We are becoming sanctified, which is the whole goal. As we begin to change, we need to know this, though. Some people are going to love that for you. Some people are going to love that for us. But other people and other influences in our lives will not love that. And that's what this song is all about. It is a present-day anthem, in my opinion, stating this is a message for those being persecuted for their faith. When I am feeling low, I can listen to this and recognize the Scripture in it and just be encouraged just the way I can with Psalms, reading the Scriptures. Let's look at the lyrics and see if we can find the gospel, the good news that's laid out in this song. When everyone that you thought you knew deserts your fight, I'll go with you. When you're facing down a dark hall, I will grab my light and go with you. I don't know what your fight is today or what your fight is going to be in 2019, but I guarantee we all have one or one's coming because that's life. When I was 26, my fight was alcoholism, and I decided in my mind, 10 years into this addiction, I'm going to stop. And I was stunned to find I couldn't. I had no control over myself. I tried to quit of my own volition for three years. And it wasn't until one night 
I hit my knees. I cried out to God. I can't stop drinking, but I know you can help me. And I fell asleep without drinking that night, and I slept like a baby, and I woke up the next day, and that addiction was gone, completely eradicated. Thank you, Jesus. So when Jesus rescued me, when I saw that that prayer worked, that he heard it, that he responded to it, um, I changed the way that I thought about who he was. I changed the way that I thought about who I was. And then I started to change my actions, my behavior, my habits. Um, as a result, most of the people that I had surrounded myself, that I had built community with, um, they abandoned me. They left me. Um, they deserted my fight. Um, some friends were even angry with me, guys I'd known since I was five years old old, not just because I stopped drinking and hanging out with them, but because I started living my life for Jesus, and it, you know, freaked all of us out a little bit because it was completely different, and it was a really lonely time for me, as you can imagine, having this group of friends, and then this dramatic things happen, and we don't know how to relate to each other, and all of a sudden, I'm like completely separate, and you might know what that is like, and you might be going through something like that. Um, I want to say specifically, if you have somebody in your life that's wrestling with any kind of addiction, dear God, please don't stop praying for them. Don't start, stop lifting them up because it can happen in an instant. But it was a lonely transition for me. But I can't blame my friends for stepping back because as the song said, as the scripture lays out, it was my fight. It was my dark hall that I had to walk down. We all have battles looming in the coming year in one way or another. And they may make us feel completely alone. Even as I say that, I know there's someone in this audience that feels so desperately alone. What does this song, what does this book say to you right now when you feel alone in or for your faith? Isaiah 41 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. Isaiah 43 is saying to you right now in your seat, I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Psalm 23, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for I am with you right now, today, Sunday, December 30th, 2018. You are not alone. And as we face our fears today and in the year to come, Jesus is saying to us in one way or a thousand, stay with me. Do not run from me. I am with you and you are not alone. Stay close to your big brother this year, you guys. Press into him like never before and watch what happens. Challenge number two on how we see and think about Jesus in the coming year. Do you see Jesus as delicate or do you see him as a mighty defender? I love this picture. Look at all those demonic forces in the shadows like they're too scared to even come close to this powerful presence of our protector. The song says when you are surrounded and up against a wall, picture it. I, Jesus, will shred them all and go with you. And when your choices end and you must defend, I'll grab my bat and go with you. What's my blood want us to remember when we are accused in any way for our faith in the coming year? It wants us 
to remember and think about Matthew chapter 10. A day is coming when you will be handed over to the courts. You'll be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings. Why? Because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say, for God will be with you, and he will give you the right words at the right time. As we face accusations in 2019, particularly for believing, for going to church, for praying for people, for doing the right thing even when it's totally unpopular, Jesus is saying, just stay with me. Don't run. I'm with you. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Don't even stress about it. Because when they challenge you, when they ask why, I will be with you, I will defend you, and I will give you the right words to say at just the right time. Stay close to your defender this year. I pray we need him because beautiful things will happen if we do. Challenge number three in the coming year or right now, do you see Jesus? Do you think of Jesus as defeated or as the Lord of life, reigning, sitting on a throne up there in heaven, all powerful. Do you see him as defeated and done or as he is the Lord of life? This song reminds us by saying, if there comes a day when people are posted up at the end of your driveway and they're calling for your head and they're calling for your name, what is my blood reminding us about with this statement? What is it reminding us to do when we are attacked for our faith? It's reminding us of Revelation chapter 20. I saw thrones in heaven, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. For they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands, And so they came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. As we face personal attacks in 2019, you guys, Jesus is just hollering with joyful anticipation. Stay with me. Don't run. I am with you. And even if you lose because you stay with me, even, God willing, if you suffer for staying with me. You guys, even if you die as a result of pursuing Jesus this year, he has got you and you have nothing to fear. And that is good news. So we need to change the way that we think about that. This statement, this idea of dying for our faith, which is coming sooner or later, it reminds me of a nightmare my daughter had earlier this fall. My daughter Charlotte is nine years old. She got a little brother, Wyatt, who's seven. And I woke up at five in the morning in my bed to find these little two ghostly faces looking at me, you know, ah, freak me out, not ashamed to say it. They're looking at me, and my daughter is just sobbing. And I'm like, baby, what's, what is going on? And she starts to explain to me how she woke up already sitting up in bed, sweat covered, and crying because of a nightmare. That's messed up for a nine-year-old to have a dream that's scary. And I said, well, what happened? And she begins to explain to me that the earth 
what we're sitting and standing on right now was breaking in half. And mommy and Wyatt, her younger brother, had made it to a rocket ship and escaped to safety. I guess we have those. So they were fine, but me and Charlotte didn't make it, and we died in the dream, which is totally messed up. And so I immediately start to console her and then think, what does she know? And as I did, my seven-year-old son, who had just heard the dream for the first time as well, here's his response. I'm freaked out. Wyatt says to Charlotte, and remember, my wife is sleeping next to us. I'm trying to keep it on the down low. Shh, don't wake mommy. Then things are really going to be bad. Wyatt says, you got to die? You got to go be with Jesus? And at five in the morning, he just goes, yeah! I'm like, we're all going to die. But you guys, oh, what what a response. Isn't that God's heart for us to respond? You got to die? You got to go be with Jesus? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we have a hope that is bigger than cancer or addiction or anything that we can face in this life. We get to go be with Jesus. You should totally clap. My last challenge for us as we enter this new year is, do we see Jesus as just some guy that's dead? Or do we see him as the breaker of death? The song says, if you find yourself in a lion's den, I'll jump right in. I will pull my pen and I will go with you. Anybody know what Bible story he's quoting there? There we go. Daniel 6. Even got the chapter. You're smart. What does my blood want us to remember when we are surrounded by monsters in this life? When we are surrounded by the demonic? When we have to wade into Satan's living room and just say, not this one. He's with me. What does Jesus say? Well, Daniel 6 reminds us, when the king arrived at the lion's den, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lion's? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. And I have not wronged you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed. And he ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. And you guys, not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in the Lord. As we face whatever monsters are out there in 2019 that you might be facing now, that might be waiting for you at three in the morning. Jesus says, just stay with me. Don't run. Don't freak out. I am here. I am with you. Say my name aloud in that dark room and see if things don't change. Stay with me. Relax. Relax. Be still because I have disarmed your enemy and I have broken death. And monsters can't touch you because you have nothing to fear. I died to set you free, and you are free indeed. So, where's the good news in this contemporary song? It's that Jesus is with us, and Jesus is for us. And I'll take any kind of reminder I can get to remember that when I need it. As we begin seeing Jesus as he really is, something really cool happens. As we begin to see Jesus as the real Jesus, as our tender-hearted big brother, 
as our unstoppable defender, as the Lord of our lives and the liberator of our souls, what happens is we begin to see ourselves as we really are. Perhaps my favorite scripture in all the Bible, Romans chapter 8, no matter what comes, you guys, you are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. And I am absolutely convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death or life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, not even your worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, you guys, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that has been revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Talk about good news. Knowing that, understanding that, even if it's just the one phrase you remember today, you are more than a conqueror. I want to give you one final picture of how I believe Jesus wants us to enter 2019. Check this out. I have same questions for you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you love him with yes, all yes, that you yes, are? Yes, 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 yes. Are you ready to follow? Are you ready to follow him and obey him? Yay! All right. It is my honor and our privilege to witness you being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, buried in death, and raised to new life. Who wants to watch it again? You guys. If you are listening to this message today, know that you are not here by accident and you are not hearing it um, as a result of like just stumbling in here. God wanted you to hear this. And if you have never given your heart to Jesus, if there's still somewhere in your life that you are stiff-arming him or you haven't invited him in, this is what he has to say to you today. Romans 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is your Lord, And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You can stop feeling alone today. You can stop feeling like you are on the run today. You can stop feeling like thinking about Life is too hard. It's too much. That can all end for you today. Just believe in your heart. doesn't say you have to understand. Just believe. Just take a step of faith. God, I don't know what it all means. I've got that mustard seed of faith, though. I believe this is real. And tell somebody about it. Saved. Changed. On the road to redemption. Life change. Transformation. We're going to respond to what we've heard today. I trust that God has laid something on your heart that you and he can do business about today. This is the most important part of any service. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond to what God has said? We have a variety of ways you can do that. You can bring your tithes and offerings. If you've got a job, if you guys got an allowance, you tithe. It's simply saying, God, I trust you more than this paper in my pocket. So bring the tithe and you can drop it off in the offering boxes around the room. You can take communion. 
these little pieces of bread and this little juice as this beautiful symbolic reminder that the only reason we can even understand that we're saved and how greatly we are loved is because Jesus died for our sins. And know that God's not calling you to any brokenness, to walk through any fear or fight that he himself didn't already go through. He has made a way. So celebrate that by taking communion today. We can worship. Oh, church, we can sing as loud as we possibly can. We can bother the people and whatever neighbors behind us. You guys, let's sing and celebrate the fact that we're alive, that we have heard the good news, and we have been like smart enough to respond. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Thank you for caring enough about me to say, you're mine. I want you. Come. Earlier, you took your prayer tag and wrote down your worst fear, and I want you guys to all grab that again. And if you hadn't written anything down yet, now would be a great time. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at what you wrote down. And again, I just want you to sit there for a minute. The theme for our student ministry this year has been your brokenness is welcome here. You guys, your brokenness is welcome here. Sit in it for just a minute. Let it impact you. Think about it. Know it. Now, I want you to close your eyes and just ask your big brother, your savior, your defender, the liberator of your soul. Jesus, this is my fear. What do you have to say to me about it? What do you want me to know about you with regard to this fear? He may simply be saying, just stay with me. I've got you. But maybe he wants to show you something in it. Maybe he wants to reveal something about himself through it. You have nothing to be afraid of, you guys. Invite God to change the way that you think about your fear. Maybe, maybe it's an opportunity to show glory to God. If he's responding to you, and I believe that he is, would you just write a prayer to the Lord saying, thank you, show me my next step. Help me remember, I am not alone. As you write that, please continue. I had another thing laid in my heart that doesn't really have a lot to do with the message that I feel like God wants us to pray about. In a room this size, I'm sure there's hundreds of us here that have somebody in our life that we are holding unforgiveness over. If you have somebody that you know, family member, friend, that has wounded you, would you please, on the other side of that card, would you just write a simple prayer? Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I release them. Lord, take this from me. Would you unburden yourself and just give that person, give that wound, give those arguments that you built in your mind against them, just give it to Jesus and experience his freedom this morning. I'm going to pray for us and you guys can respond as you feel led. It has been a joy to share the word with you this morning. Jesus, would you please just come, have your way in us right now. We know you listen and you respond to prayers. Here are ours. Please do something miraculous. Please move. Please just encourage, affirm, and comfort. We love you. We love getting to love you. Love on us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys respond as you feel led.